With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up and welcome into the Friday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson inside the Auctioner Sports Performance Center as Pelicans are on the road getting a win last night in Chicago, 125 to 119. Now the team is in Indianapolis getting ready for the Pacers tomorrow night. And that's where Antonio Daniels joins me now. The podcast of Daniel and Daniels is back. Fox Sports television analyst. And he joins me now from Indy. Hello, Antonio, Antonio, I should say. Good to talk to you. How are you? <laughs> what up, Daniel? Doing all right, my friend. How cold is it there? Is it snowing there? Man, listen. <laughs> it, it, it don't make no sense. I, I, I'm done with it. I, I told you before. I'm done. I'm from Ohio. Born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. But I'm, I'm, I am I'm, I don't got spoiled. I, I'm not just this snow and this 20-degree weather. Yeah, I'm, I'm not for all this now. Did not you, my thing. Did you prepare for it? I mean, did you know the snow was coming? Yeah. Okay, so you're you are fully equipped to, to handle it all. You just don't want it, which I get to. I don't right. like cold weather. And that's the be- that's the best way to put it. I'm fully equipped for it, but I still don't want it. Not at all. Fair enough. Fair enough. It is a little chilly here today in New Orleans. I know not as cold. It's like 60 degrees here, which is chilly for me. But at the same time, um, once you get back here, it'll be nice and warm for you. Okay, so just think about that. Just get through a couple days. You'll be okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. Okay, cool. Um, Let's talk about, before we get into the Pelicans, the trade deadline has come and gone um, for the Pelicans. No moves made, which I was okay with. I'll get to that in a second, but um, it got a little, um, not heated, but as far as it got a little intense there in the last couple hours, a lot of moves made at the very last minute. When looking through all the trades or kind of the nature of all these trades, did any of them or any team stick out to you yesterday? Uh, A few teams stick out. Um, first, I think the Houston Rockets stick out with trading Clint Capella because of um, the style of play that they're choosing to move forward with. And as much as everybody is talking about um, they're small and they don't have a center and you know they're, they're not going to play anybody over 6'7", look, this is what the NBA has become. You, you look at Andre Drummond and, and his market uh, after averaging – 16 and 16 or 17 and 17 and, and leading the NBA in rebounding, you know, for the past couple of years. Um, when you look at the traditional center position, it's not what it once was. And I think what Houston is doing is just take, taking the whole pace and space, the uh, analytic area of threes and layups and dunks and free throws to a completely different level. They're just doing it with, with putting their five 
most skilled players on the floor at the same time. So I think Houston stood out and also the Golden State Warriors. Um, you know, when they, when they acquired D'Angelo Russell and the Kevin Durant deal, I, I never really thought it fit. I understood why they did it because you want to try and uh, accumulate as much star power as you possibly can to go along with Steph Curry, to go along with uh, Clay Thompson and, and, and Draymond Green and those guys. But I never really thought that he fit, meaning D'Angelo Russell. And I think that now they traded for a young talent that we have yet to see scratch the surface in Andrew Wiggins. I've always felt that this league is all about where you get traded, the type of culture that you are thrust into. And Andrew Wiggins was put in a culture in Minnesota where he had a lot of responsibility, both him and Cat on his shoulders. Now he gets an opportunity to go to Golden State and be their third or fourth best player. That's a great option, and I think that was a great trade for Golden State. When you look back at Houston real quick and you talk about the small ball and the, um, the pace and space kind of uh, idea that they're going with right now, is that something that, you know, I don't know if we've really seen it yet as far as a team that could make a deep playoff run with that. Is that kind of offense fully capable of making a run like that, or is it kind of too hard to tell right now as far as when you get into the playoffs and you do face teams like the Lakers with Anthony Davis and the Jazz with Rudy Gobert and, and Nikola Jokic? Is that, how does that change when you get into the playoffs of the seven-game series where that small ball can come into play? Well, the thing is, I think we have seen it to a certain degree because Golden State played that way. Yeah, Golden State put their best, you know, most skilled five, most skilled players on the floor at the same time. Obviously, Kevin Durant makes it a little different because he's six foot ten. So, as far as size is concerned, but you know the thing about what Houston is doing, um, teams don't play through the center position anymore. So it's not like they're, they're okay with you know like last night. They're okay with the Lakers playing through Anthony Davis. And what they forced Frank Vogel and the Lakers to do was basically force or, or, or change down to the way that they were playing. So Dwight Howard didn't play his regular minutes, nor did JaVale McGee, because they were trying to match up to what the Houston Rockets were doing. Now, there are certain teams that I don't think you can get away with that with. You know, it's going to be tough to ask Utah to sit Rudy Gobert. It's going to be tough to ask Denver to sit Nikola Jokic or, you know, some of these other teams. But for a lot of these teams out there, you know, they're going to have a tough time matching up to the Houston Rockets. The thing is, they're going to shoot a lot of threes. But with them shooting a, a lot of threes, like, they're still 21st in the league in three-point percentage, the Houston Rockets. So there's something that you're going to have to give up. And right now they're saying if you want to play through your center or play through guys that you're not accustomed to playing through, if you're the Lakers and you want to play through JaVale McGee, if you're the Lakers and you want to play through Dwight Howard, so be it. But what they're going to do is force switches, and those bigs that you have, JaVale McGee, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, Nikola Jokic, Rudy Gobert, they're going to switch and pull those guys away from the rim anyway. So it remains how that will be, um, how, how that translates to the playoffs. Because when the playoffs come around, the game slows down and it becomes more of a half-court game. But um, I, I can't fault D'Antoni and, and, and those guys for their thought process. They're going all in on this style of play. Yeah, it should be interesting down the stretch, that's for sure. And let's talk about the Pelicans now, who did not make a move at the deadline. Um, didn't really anticipate them doing so, just based on the young core that they have. And I think David Griffin wants to see this team fully healthy and what they can do. And so far through eight games with Zion on the court, they are 4-4. Four and four. 
when you look at the Pelicans in the trade deadline, and there were a lot of interest in some of the Pelicans players, including Drew Holiday. Um, how did you feel about the Pelicans not making a move yesterday? I loved it. I, I loved it. Um, you know, around this time of the year, you walk into any NBA locker room, and it's one of the most tense times that you'll have because guys' addresses are about to change. Guys' paychecks, to a certain degree, may change. If you go to Canada or you go to Texas, as opposed to being somewhere somewhere else as far as taxes are concerned. But it's a really tense time because you have to uproot your family. You know, you're a creature of habit. You're used to doing the same thing every day, going in early, working out. You know your way to the practice facility, all these different things. You have established relationships in, in your respective cities. And that changes. Now you have to worry about where your kids are going to go to school, how you're going to move your wife and your kids to your new location. So it's a very tense time in NBA locker rooms. And I think when this time passes and guys realize, look, this is where I'm going to be for the remainder of the year, they can take a deep breath. They can take a deep breath and breathe and relax and get back to just hooping. And I love the fact that David Griffin and the Pels did not make a move because, like you said, You've only been with Zion for eight games. So you don't know what this team can do. You know, we've only seen who this team can be in eight games. And in that eight games, man, you got to admit, for two of those games, Zion didn't finish. So you can say, realistically, this team is four and two with Zion finishing basketball games. But they're fourth in, in, in the Zion era, in the eight games. They're fourth in points in the paint at 54 points. Like, he changes things. And when you put him with Brandon Ingram and Drew Holiday, and you have J.J. Redick and Josh Hart and those guys coming off the bench, and him and Lonzo, meaning Zion, have a, a chemistry with one another. So you kind of want to see this thing grow and see what it has the potential to become. No doubt about it. I think the name of the game is patience for this team. Look, you're 10 games under 500 right now, AD, but still within striking distance of the playoffs, you will need to make a little bit of a run in order to do so. But at the same time, with you not making a deal, you keep your core intact. You see who fits, who maybe won't fit as far as the future is concerned. And you have these guys continue to mesh well with each other for the last 30 games. I feel like it's it's very intriguing for a team that, you know, started off the year struggling, but now has really started to find their groove with 30 games left. Right. And I've been saying that all year. You know, I know we live in such a microwave culture where we want to see things happen and happen now. You know, but this is a team that it was going to take time. You have nine new faces. You have guys being put in position and roles that they've never been put in before. Brandon Ingram has never been asked to shoulder this type of, of offensive responsibility. You know, it, it's never happened. You know, uh, Lonzo Ball now gets an opportunity to be who he was drafted to be. But it's going to take him a minute to find how that fits with everyone else on this roster. And then this team not being healthy for a lot of this year. Derek Favors missing games. And Drew Holiday missing games. Brandon Ingram missing games. Josh Hart, J.J. Reddick. Go down the line and Zion missing um, a significant, what, 44 games as well. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's going to take time for this team to come together. But I think we are starting to get a glimpse of the potential and what this team can look like as far as entertainment and as far as win-losses. Because the fact of the matter is this. When we played Memphis the other day, Joel and I both talked about the fact that John Morant is going to translate to win, his style of play, and so is Zion. 
the Zion effect is going to translate to wins. What he brings to this city, what he brings to this organization, and what he brings to the floor on a nightly basis is going to translate to wins for this New Orleans Pelicans basketball team. Who has benefited the most from Zion's return on the Pelicans? Is it safe to say it's Lonzo Ball just for how many assists he's been able to get with Zion? Or is there someone else in mind that you feel like has been the biggest benefactor to getting Zion back on the court? You know what? You can talk about Lonzo Ball, and I think that's a, that's a good fit just because of how much he, um, how much he pushes the basketball. You know, he, uh, he plays the right way. He's always looking to advance the ball. He can put the ball where only Zion can get it. But I'll tell you someone else who has really stood out to me since Zion has returned, and that's Nico Melli. And there are certain guys that whose skill set complement others. If you go back to the way those LeBron teams were built, they put shooters around LeBron because it gave him space. And when you put Nico on the floor with Zion, Nico's ability to shoot that basketball over the last five games, shooting 56% from the field and 56% from three, now what that does is gives Zion the space that he needs to be effective. That's nothing against anyone else. That's nothing against Derek Favors because he brings something different. It's nothing against Jackson Hayes because he brings something different. But now I think with Zion out there, Nico can get a better feel of how his skill set fits with this team now, as opposed to being out there with other guys. When you have Zion at the four and Nico at the five, look at how much the floor opens up for not just Zion, but for other guys to penetrate and pick. Nico has really stood out the past five or six games with his skill set and his ability to shoot that basketball. Another guy that stood out to me, and it's not just because of Zion's return, but just his play in general. I feel like Josh Hart has really stepped up in the last few games. What have you seen from him? He kind of seems like that bulldog on the court that will go after every single rebound, is not afraid to go to the rim, whether it's one-on-two or one-on-five. Um, what have you seen from Josh Hart that intrigues you the most about his play? Well, you know, I, I say all the time, you know, Josh, uh, his last name fits him. Perfectly. Yeah. Because that's exactly what he does. He plays with a ton of heart every time he steps on the floor. So looking at the stats of the last uh, six games, you know, Josh Hart has played about 26 minutes a game, and he's third on this team in rebounding at almost eight a game. And he does a, such a good job as a guard in pursuing that basketball and going to get it and getting tough rebounds. And there's a benefit to having a guard that rebounds the ball at that clip because it speeds up your offense. So, you know, you look at the Pels since mid-December, they've won 15 to 24, but they're still third in pace. When you have guards that rebound that basketball like Josh Hart does, when you have guards that rebound the basketball like Lonzo Ball does, now what that does is that eliminates an outlet pass. And those guys get an opportunity to push that basketball. Josh Hart, I'm with you. The way he plays is contagious. There are certain guys that earn credibility by how hard they play. Every time he touches that floor, no matter if he's shooting the ball well or not, he is going to make an impact because of the little things that he brings to the table. A couple more questions before I let you go here. I want to talk about three more games heading into the All-Star break, three really good teams in the Pacers, the Portland Trailblazers, and the Oklahoma State Thunder. As a former player yourself, are you a big believer in momentum heading into the All-Star break? Is it a very overrated thing to say, or is there something to – you know, getting that little break with a few wins under your belt heading into that, that week of, you know, having some time off? Well, I'm, I'm always a, I'm always a, um, a believer in, in momentum. I, I don't care when it is. 
you know, you always you want to try and play your best going into some sort of break, no matter what it may be. And the all-star break is no different. Uh, you, the thing is, you're not just looking at the fact that it's the all-star break. You're playing for, for something bigger. You know, you said earlier that, you know, this team is, is still within striking distance of that eighth spot. That says a lot, especially since this team was on the wrong side of history earlier in the year, losing 13 games in a row. So after losing 13 games in a row, and now we're sitting here in the first week of February talking about that, you know what, you still have an opportunity to make the playoffs. It's not about all-star break. It's not about these next three games. But the fact of the matter is to put a dent in the distance between you and the teams that you have to overlap, the Portland Trailblazers, the San Antonio Spurs, the Memphis Grizzlies, those type of teams, it comes to a point where you're going to have to start putting a nice little streak together, whether that's five of six, seven of nine, eight of ten, something along those lines, because you're going to have to gain ground. So to me, it's not about the all-star break. It's about just playing for something bigger further down the line. And the next game for the Pelicans is tomorrow night against the Pacers. When you look at the Pacers, the Pelicans did win a big game against them on the, at home um, late December. When you look at this Pacers team, now that they have Victor Oladipo back, they're actually playing tonight in a home-home back-to-back. Um, how have things changed for them as far as adjusting to Victor Oladipo coming back into the fold? And, and, and that's how things have changed. You know, it, it's an adjustment when you get a guy like that back. Um, Sabonis has come into his own. It, it, it's in, in a different way, it's sort of similar to what the Pelicans were trying to deal with with Zion. Because you have an all-star. You have a first-time all-star in Brandon Ingram. So if you're Brandon Ingram, it's like, man, I know who this guy is. I know what, what he has the potential to do. But I have to still find a way to be myself. And Domas Sabonis is a first-time all-star in Indiana who's kind of running into that same thing in, in Indiana, you know, um, with Victor Oladipo. Because Victor Oladipo is that guy. He's that guy in Indiana. He's the guy that's made big shots, but he also hasn't been on the floor for almost a year or so. So it's just it's it's a, it's a chemistry that takes time. It's a chemistry that's going to take a minute. You know, um, Malcolm Brogdon now being there has yet to play with Victor Oladipo because of the injury, and this is Malcolm Brogdon's first year there. So it's it's um, it's an adjustment. It's an adjustment for all parties involved. Good stuff there. That's Antonio Daniels, television analyst for your New Orleans Pelicans on Fox Sports New Orleans. Of course, he and Joel will have the call tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m. Central on Fox Sports New Orleans. Antonio, stay warm through these next couple of days. I know you'll get through it. Bring back one more win for us, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday from the Smoothie King Center. Appreciate it, Dan. Okay, let me, let me ask you something really quick. All right. Because I'm, I'm going to make sure I'm right here. Malcolm Brogdon and Virgil Depot have yet to play together. Am I right? Because now I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure. I haven't followed the, the Pacers closely since Oladipo's return, but I, I don't think so. I I will have to, I'll have to look that up. You know, that's something that you made some homework for the weekend, which I don't like, but I will do it just because it's my job, Antonio. So I'll have to look it up. I think you're right on that. Yeah, I, I believe so, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to be wrong on this, especially on when I'm on with someone as, as, uh, as awesome and as intelligent as you are, Daniel Salerson. Well, I appreciate that. The check's in the mail for that <laughs> remark, Antonio. I appreciate it, my friend. Stay warm. Anytime, brother. Yep. Appreciate you. There he goes. That's Antonio Daniels, television analyst for your New Orleans Pelicans. Again, as I mentioned, 6.30 p.m. Central tomorrow night from Banker's Life Fieldhouse. The Pelicans will come back home for two games after that. 
They'll welcome in the Portland Trailblazers on Tuesday, a very big game, and also a very big game heading into the All-Star break Thursday night against the Oklahoma seat. The other tickets are still available for both games on pelicans.com. All right, that'll do it for today's show here. Appreciate you listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. If you're trying to find tickets to basketball games or any other live event, it can be complicated, and there's hundreds of sites and shady pricing. With SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple of taps. With their deal score technology, they rank the most valuable seats based on price, location, historical data, and more. Best of all, our listeners, if you haven't used the SeatGeek app, you can get $20 off your first purchase by using the code GOPELS, all one word, all caps, at checkout SeatGeek. Score the best deals on tickets. We'll have a jam-packed week for you next week on the podcast leading into the All-Star break. And hope you can join us not only for the podcast, but tomorrow night as the Pelicans take on the Indiana Pacers. Big thanks to Antonio Daniels once again. And until tomorrow night, I'm Daniel Salerson. Have a great weekend and go Pels.